We don't have Democrats pulling out porn of Don Jr. Like we don't have. <laughs> we need some. We don't have that. Like where's that person? Exactly. Where's the <laughs> like, just you like want to compare? Like we need some one to one. Yes, I want someone to be like, no, we don't need borders. We need to obliterate all borders. Um, hashtag ACAP. What's going on, people? Welcome to the Bituation Room Podcast. I am your host, Francesca Fiorentini. One year older since the last time we spoke. Um, I just chickened out of wearing the dumbest birthday gift I've ever been gifted. Uh, it was actually very sweet, but it was a silly, silly shirt that said, Awesome since September 19, uh, 1983 people. I am 40 years old. I actually get kind of excited just saying it. Um, cause you know, obviously I'm a millionaire and you can too. Uh, if you listen to the Bituation Room podcast with me and, uh, my host, co-host my soon-to-be guest uh she almost had it corinda dobbins comedian is here uh in the bituation room with me we're gonna get into some things a lot going down a lot to bitch about in fact extra things to bitch about in fact if you're even hearing this podcast if this is even come through to you if the suddenly your apple podcast didn't implode because the planetary weight of retrograde bad juju has not destroyed your phone first it's a minor miracle because my life in the last few weeks has been a minor effing miracle uh a lot has gone down you know there's worse problems in the world uh these are just mine and uh it's been it's been a quite an interesting uh couple weeks here's the lesson i'm taking from it don't get excited about anything just never never no don't plan anything definitely don't celebrate things. Um, don't gather with people you love. Don't do that. Um, don't look forward to things. See, that's the problem. You know, COVID trying to teach us a lot of shit. COVID was trying to be like, sit down, just stare at a wall. Oh, you don't have friends. Oh, you don't have family. And we didn't learn that lesson enough. And obviously COVID is also coming for my family. Uh, this is, we're just starting off strong. You guys, before we dig in, we're going to talk about Kevin McCarthy trying to impeach Joe Biden. Come for dark Brandon. Ho. Um, we're also going to talk about uh, what's going down in Atlanta with the RICO indictments of 61 protesters who are trying to stop the militarization of further militarization of the cops. Uh, we're going to talk also uh, about um, what's our third story? Oh, yeah. How California Democrats are ruining the country. Um, we're going to talk about finally just some of the, the, the worst looks of the week. Well, what's a terrible thing that happened? What's a, what's not even a terrible thing, just a bad look. So we're, we have a new segment, bad look. All right. Can you think of something? We've got three. We'll decide which is the worst look. Uh, but in the meantime, before I get back to my massive pre bitch bitch session, why don't you like, and share the stream right now, guys, can you hear the desperation in my voice? Can you leave? This podcast, five stars. I mean, honestly, if there's something I could have this September, it's just a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify 
or wherever you listen to your podcast, but mostly those two platforms. It's a like, it's a subscribe right now. You know, it's, hey, it's becoming a patron and becoming officially part of the Frantifa, bituationroom.com slash Patriot or Patriot. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? This is what I'm saying. That right there. See that? Devil's work. The demon speaks through me. Um, Patreon.com slash Bituation Room is where you go to become part of the show and it gets you access to all kinds of perks. 20% off merch. There's a code. When you sign up, you'll get that code in the welcome message. You will also get a special access to all of our Friday bonus shows. You can go back and listen to the shows. We have some of the most irreverent, silly, funny, uh, lots of impersonations from yours truly. A lot of bad accents, a lot of good accents, a lot of accents that will get me canceled. Which ones are they? Boo, boo, boo. You got to become a patron to find out who's getting fired from SNL. It's me in the future. Just kidding. I don't do those accents, but you should become a patron. Uh, You should also become a patron because you get access to the American Prospect Online, also a deep discount, 60% off the paperback version. I write the back column every single episode. It's uh, an issue, which is super fun. Um, And, you know, just generally supporting this labor of love because I'm an old lady now. I'm entering mid-age. And if, can you hear the crisis in my voice? Yes, you say yes. I'm staying very like present to the private chat uh, to see if Paige has like, just tells me like the entire stream isn't working. um, And your cat has died, even though she's like right here. So like, I'm just waiting for those shoes to drop. Um, But yeah, so my whole family's got COVID except for me. That's right. Uh, That means the baby has COVID. Matt has COVID. And not only that, but uh, I had planned a whole 40th birthday weekend in Palm Springs. It was going to be great. I still went, actually, because I am cheap and I could not get my money back and I did not pay for insurance. Uh, so I was like, I will be damned if I don't go. That being said, I didn't know that the baby had COVID. I thought she was just teething. She was drooling a lot, blah, blah, blah. Should have shoved a you know a Q-tip up her nose to begin with. I've tested her before, but only until Matt got sick did I test her. She got sick. Now, I don't know where she got sick, but separate from that, my friend got sick when we went to Beyonce. We're pretty sure. I was wearing a mask the whole time. Her mask touched the urinal. So she, you know, she was like, I don't know. I don't know if I should put urinal mask on my face. I get it. She didn't. She got sick. Apparently, a lot of people got sick from the Beyonce tour, um, which, look, depending on your seats, worth it. My seats, not worth it. Sounded so fi, dog shit not worth COVID. But anyway, so that's where I am. Uh, my, all my friends basically dropped out. Uh, and uh, that's okay, because uh, I don't need friends. I need a blank wall. COVID taught me. Enjoy the wall. Stare into the latter half of your life. This is what it's going to be. 40 plus years and you'll be 80 and in the Senate. Um, That's my great song. Uh, That's, you know, that's my great. It's part of the fucking forthcoming Frantifa Christmas album. (sighs) You know, why don't we get into what I'm really bitching about? Thank you for all your thoughts and prayers, which I can only assume are in the comments, even though I'm not reading them. 
Um, but uh, let's get into it. There's some there's some things afoot to bitch about. What are you bitching about this Tuesday? Let's do it. This is what are you bitching about? Before I continue, uh, a reminder: Matt Lieb, uh, my now currently sick with COVID husband, is going to be co-headlining the punchline in San Francisco with me uh, on Tuesday, October 17th. That's a, just in a month, a, a little bit over a month from now. Get your tickets, tickets link in bio. It'll be super fun. Um, we're already selling tickets, so I love it. I, I'm really appreciative of everyone who, who will come out and look, if we're not masked, we're obviously idiots. So mask up, be safe. It's out there. It's back. Everybody got it. Um, yeah. Anywho, uh, let's get into what I am bitching about. So here's what happens when you get when you get COVID or your baby has COVID and you're a parent and you have, let's say, daycare. Uh, you cannot put your kid back into the daycare. We did not do that. That being said, some MFR did because that's where my kid definitely got COVID from. At least we're 99% sure. 1% it could be Beyonce. Either way, same thing. Um, so what happens? Do you have to pay for daycare that week? Oh, yes, you do. You definitely do. Do you also lose out on work and, you know, getting a, a, a different childcare person or the inability to do shows like this? Any other money? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. So you lose, lose, and you've got a sick baby, but of course it's a responsible thing to do. You shouldn't put a sick baby back into the daycare, especially if you've tested them for COVID and whatnot. Problem is a lot of people aren't testing their kids for COVID, and that is because, one, tests are now $8 a pop. They are not easily available. Uh, and two, childcare costs are exorbitant, and the cost of taking your kid out of daycare, taking care of them, right? Like, it's a lot especially when uh, you don't have that uh, flexibility and material income and wealth and status. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I'm at. And, ooh, lo and behold, it's coming at a time when, because of COVID era, ironically, COVID era pandemic um, uh, uh, stimulus money, 24 billion of which was designated for childcare facilities, um, and daycares, that money is going away. And that means that the cost of childcare is going to go drastically up in a very short amount of time. Long term, uh, some of these facilities will be closing down, but short term, they're basically going to be squeezing parents because that's what we do in this country. So that has been reported. Uh, a lot of folks have seen it. Um, this is from the uh, the New Republic. Cost of childcare is about to explode. Um an October 2022 survey by the National Association of Education for Young Children found that 43% of childcare centers and 37% of home-based providers nationwide will expect to raise rates. Similarly, in March 2023 survey, over 2,500 North Carolina childcare programs administrators said that most likely the consequences, aside from difficulty retaining and hiring, will be fee hikes. Again, uh, on the backs of parents. And this is already, it's like I, you send your kid to child to daycare and they give you COVID in return. Yes, some freedom, but every two weeks, your kids, basically every two weeks, Karina has been sick. This is the first time it was COVID. Poor little baby. She's so needy. We've been watching Miss Rachel on YouTube, which watch that after this. It's a great chaser for the habituation room. Um, but this I liked uh, of this article, which says, um, 
if as a child care pain point gets deeper and more intense, it may behoove the Democrats to put funding on the table and dare Republicans to own every closure and every fee hike. Hopefully such brinkmanship will not be required for lawmakers to stabilize a system that is essential for American families to flourish and for the economy as a whole to do the same. Yes. Remember, uh, this is all about creating broader economic wealth for individual families, for communities, for everybody in general, right? If you are only able, and even if, again, don't get me started on wages for housework. Don't get me started on uh, getting some sort of stimulus for like being a stay at home parent. I fully believe in that shit. Um, that's the kind of feminist I am. But um, this is one more way that American families are being squeezed. This is, of course, on top of uh, the child tax cr credit that also lapsed under Biden. That's something he piloted, something that has lapsed. Now, yes, the the Republicans are the ones holding this entire thing hostage. Uh, but again, as I just read, utilizing this, talking about it, talking about what it means to people, you know, in red states as well, whose childcare costs are going to be going through the roof. Um, of course, I'm sure they'll find, you know, their their representatives and, and leaders are finding some way to, you know, blame grooming. <laughs> Let's blame grooming. Please groom my child. Just take care of her. I'm kidding, obviously. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, this, this is what happens when we demonize all of these things. We just take it and get, look, let's just, look, here's what I do. I just, I take my baby and I take a Bible and I just put her in a cage. And that's all the education you need. Just baby Bible cage. She's got a water bucket. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's one of those little rabbit, little nibblies. You know, she's, she can suckle on that, but then she's got the Holy Bible and the go the Holy ghost will instruct her and it will never touch her ever except for her heart and maybe sometimes her genitals. But anyway, um, that is uh, what's going on. So, uh, I'm bitching about that. And I think we should all be bitching about that. We say we care about kids, but we don't. Uh, and of course we say we care about, I don't know being the greatest country on earth. But uh, here we are, we're so far behind when it comes to any kind of public health care measures. And this new round of COVID is going to hit us all. Like I said, tests are expensive um, to say nothing of other kinds of care that you guys, we all might need because of it to say nothing of long COVID. I'm done. Uh, with that said, let's bring in uh, to see what she's bitching about. Um, hopefully she's got a little, in fact, I know she's got more balancing energy because I am all over the place, guys, all over the place. She's a stand-up comic, a writer, an actor. She's performed at comedy festivals across the country and has shared the stage with household names like Trevor Noah, Roy Wood Jr. and her comedy album, Black and Blue, is out now. Corinda Dobbins, hi. Hi. What's up? <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? I mean, I think you heard. Yeah, that's I'm a lot. That's a lot. It's a and lot. And you know what? Uh, even though I live in LA, I went to see Beyonce in San Francisco at Levi Stadium. Good for you. <laughs> number Did one, you the, hear? The, 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 the tickets were cheaper and the sound was amazing. Like yes. it sounded like Beyonce was in my living room. <laughs> Everybody Girl. who went to SoFi, they said Girl. the sound was. Dog shit. No, 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 no. 
I've seen her twice at Levi. Here I'm fully outing myself. Yes, I've seen her twice at Levi Stadium on the run with Jay-Z. Amazing. Her uh, uh, Lemonade Tour, fucking amazing. But the audio, like, you know how you're in a concert? Like, you're in it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't in it. Yeah. So what is it? Do you think it's the stadium? Because it it can't be her sound system because it's... So... I mean, I you know I've du- I've dug real deep into this, but apparently, um, yes, it was her sound system. No, it was the stadium that everyone who saw like Metallica, BTS said SoFi sucks. Stadium sound generally sucks. I think closed ceiling stadium sound is even worse because mm. it's like reverberating. Okay. So it's just like you know, and then finally, and this is not to, I'm I'm very much Beyonce greater than Taylor Swift, but. <laughs> apparently taylor swift paid extra to have like more or better like um uh, speakers put into sofi and everyone was like oh no the sound was fine so it's like she got the memo queen b was a little bit of an oversight maybe her i'll blame her people i'd never blame her herself of course so so let me get this like taylor brought in extra speakers but did she take them with her obviously she didn't leave them for Beyonce. no exactly no she they cleaned them up uh, and they were like uh-uh they, like, oh, I'm putting them in, but uh beyonce she took away you speakers for beyonce uh, yeah okay so, <laughs> but corinda what are you bitching about um i'm actually bitching about alabama which uh shouldn't be uh a surprise um you know the supreme court said that they have redistrict the state in order to exclude black voters i mean that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody but um the surprise is the supreme court said you got to carve out another district for black voters and they were like nah we ain't doing it (laughs) so they no so supreme court was like this is what you need to do yeah and they were like yeah that's cute even though and we generally like everything you say but we're not going to do this right right which is you know this is what gets me about this party. It's like they're the law and order party, except when it comes to them. They're like, we're, we don't have to listen to law and order. Like that's for you guys. Like when they tell us to do stuff, it's, you know, it's a suggestion. It's not really, you know, what we have to do. So, yeah. It, it is the, uh, you know, one of the stupidest, easiest news broke videos we ever did. And maybe I say that I've, I've talked about this before was, a video that was like five minutes and it was just it's okay when i do it and it was all about republican hypocrisy and it was just it's okay when i do it if you do if the word hypocrite is too big you know for one to understand especially the right, right uh they don't get irony they don't get hip- hypocrisy just it's okay when i do it is a basic thing and they all believe it you're totally right it's like yeah yeah law and order but not for me yeah. um yeah yeah oh, oh yeah uh, infidelity is terrible except when we except for me it. Except for me. And abortion's awful, except for when they're my mistresses or my daughters. Yeah, okay, so the, so seven congressional districts, a 27% black population, and one congressional district where black voters are either the majority or close to it. That's right. insane. I mean, that tells you so much. Like, if this Supreme Court that we have right now said, you're, this isn't okay, like, <laughs> and Alabama was like, actually, it is okay. It's very okay. Yeah. Isn't it? They're doing like the Larry David, like just kind of staring them down, like, bum, 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 right, you know? Right, right. So I'm just like, you know. No, I'm that very, is. I'm bitching about that. 
it's it's a good thing to bitch about this just happened this week i appreciate you bringing it up i mean you also wonder like well so what's the what's going to happen what's the recourse like um well, are- I, I think now <laughs> they've they've given them so many opportunities to do it and they haven't and the judges just said okay well we're going to redraw them then since you won't do it <laughs> like we're just going to do it for you right i mean then what does that look like people are like well which it all it's a little bit like um, voting rights are very much like, you know, abortion rights, which is like confusion wins, you know? And so people are going to be like, well, am I, which district am I in? Who am I, am I in this district or in that district? What, is there a new one? Who's going to recognize what? Like, yeah. And this is the thing with the civil rights act in the first place. And the fact that it was gutted, you know, and, and uh, you know, but this is exactly why it was gutted though. Exactly. <laughs> right. To do this kind of shit. To do exactly this kind of stuff. Like this is exactly what they wanted. Right, but to, well, Corinda, they learned their lessons. Them. They would never do something like this again. They were like, oh, no, 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 we don't need that anymore because, you know, these states would never try to disenfranchise. They've learned their lesson. The voters that they used to. It's like, no, 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 we, we've moved past that. And actually, they were just waiting for the law to be gutted to do it again. So this is- It's this so is cowardly. Of it. Yep. And it's like, it's like, okay, so- and it just shows like, this is what everyone, you know, if the Republicans even tried to appeal to black voters, just try. And every once in a while we'll get these like, oh, I don't know, uh, Trump really does appeal to black voters. Like, no, he doesn't. Stop. And Kanye is not representative. Like, it's like one person or a few couple people. And then you have things like this, which is like the GOP, literally, they would rather redistrict black Americans out of like uh, representation than do the most anything to appeal they would would rather spend they would rather spend all this energy to do this rather than just say hey let's come up with a plan where black people consider us right exactly what what matters to you yeah they were like no 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 that would take too much let's just try to etch them out of the state and and etch them out of any possibility of changing um the things that we want to do in this state. Totally, totally. And, and this is also like, it's just so sick because, you know, you hear on Fox news, they, you know, uh, hosts will always sort of make fun of Democrats to be like, see, you always rely on like the black voters, but what have you done? And it's such a funny, I love when the right does that, where they take in like something that sort of objectively sounds like mm-hmm. not, wrong like yeah what have democrats done to deliver for black americans like what have they done to deliver for women what have we should be but they don't play by those rules at all like they don't give a shit they're just like using the democrats own barometer of you know what we want or like progressives want against like on some shit that they don't even believe in you know um it's just wild uh so but uh, it's so bad faith Alabama, um, you know what? Stay and fight. That's all I have to say. But yeah, um, or not, or leave. It's fine. <laughs> Come here. Come to LA. Uh, it's suddenly getting not hot as ass. Um, although I'm sure in Alabama, it's actually just way more. If you want to compare swamp ass, I feel like Alabama's got California beat. I, I think so. I think always. <laughs> We're going to be talking about California politics in a little bit because it has to do with national politics. Uh, but let's move on to the week. There's a few things. We um, did have an interview lined up, but uh, because, again, Mercury is in retrograde. I don't know if I li- li- like explicitly said that. 
uh, but we we were canceled upon. Once again, if lightning strikes me right now, would not be surprised. I would be like sizzling on the ground going like, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but let's get into the week where. This is the week we are impeaching Joe Biden. That's right. As per Lauren Boebert's call to impeach Biden, we're doing it. Uh, Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy uh, has announced that he is going to begin uh, impeachment inquiries. This is without a congressional vote to do so. Apparently he can just do it. Um, and, uh, I think once you hear everything he lays out about the Biden crime family or doesn't lay out, uh, you'll, you'll agree that this was the right move. These allegations paint a picture of a culture of corruption. Mm. Now here's what we know so far. Through our investigations, we have found that President Biden did lie to the American people about his own knowledge of his family's foreign business dealings. Eyewitnesses. Can I just quickly, first of all, before we get into the rest of this, this is kind of long. Mm -hmm. There's no evidence to any of this. He's got, he's going to say eyewitnesses. He's going to say random whistleblowers. There's nothing they presented. Like not disclosing what your son is doing is not the same as lying. Um, like him trying to like use your name, like all rich kids, son, rich people's sons and daughters do to get, you know, some fucking job position. Don't have to get in the whole Burisma bullshit and the fact that actually Hunter Biden advised them and against, like, like help them get more of their finances in line. Like, all the opposite of what they're saying. I'm just going to judge McCarthy on his performance because he's doing a lot of, like, deep pastor size. Like, you know, like... Like, yeah, and I think he, he added some extra flags in the background for effect, too. Like, oh, do you, for sure. Do you need that many flags? If you're the telling lighting's me. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have testified that the president joined on multiple phone calls <gasps> and had multiple interactions. Dinners resulted in cars and millions of dollars. Wait, wait, wait. He just turns. If you're listening, he just turns. Millions of resulted dollars. Resulted in cars. You know, and your dinners result in cars, and then I think he might be talking about Trump's kids. Did he <laughs> get the wrong memo? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How many billions of dollars from Saudi Arabia before he was out the door? Oh, and did they ever pass their security clearance? No. Were they in the Oval all the time? Okay. Into his sons and his sons' business partners. We know that bank records. <laughs> Like, I, I like that extra oomph on that beat. We know that bank records. <laughs> okay, what the bank records show that nearly $20 million in payments were directed to the Biden family members and associates through various shale companies. The Treasury Department oh, alone has more than 150 transactions involving the Biden family and other business associates that were flagged as suspicious activity by U.S. banks. Yeah, yeah. Deutsche Bank wants to talk about Trump. But this is all, it's like, yeah, they got some, Hunter Biden got some money for working for uh, the Ukrainian company Burisma. There was, and who, maybe there were others. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of rich people, a lot of people in Congress. Uh, mind you, already 
work in the stock market, even though they literally are con in control of legislating the stock market. Uh, that's not illegal. Um, but shell companies, that's that's their middle fucking names. I'm going to skip ahead. Joe Biden. Oh, House committee. To Here we go. That's why today I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. This logical next step will give our committees the full power to gather all the facts and answers for the American public. Okay. You know what this reminds me of? Yes. It reminds me of when Trump said he was going looking for Obama's birth certificate. Remember that? He's like, <laughs> I am going to look everywhere. I'm going to do everything, turn uh -huh. over every stone. And what happened with that? We never uh, heard anything about anything he ever found. We never heard about any anything there was, illegal, suspicious. I mean, it's this is just all theatrics. I'm like, why yep. do we have the energy for this when there's so many pressing problems in America? So many. Hang on, Corinda. Look, you know. Uh, child care and uh, necessary food stamps, that stuff can wait, okay? The government's about to shut down, but we need to impeach Joe Biden first. Look, a wise war criminal once said, uh, evidence, the absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. That, uh, <laughs> that is Donald Rumsfeld about WMDs, uh, still looking for those somehow. I just wish every Republican could go to Iraq and continue to look for WMDs. But um, uh, you're right, and... It is purely performative. We'll get into why it is performative. The logical next step is so utterly ridiculous. And you wonder what and who he is auditioning for. I still don't know. That's exactly what we want to know. The answers. I believe the president would want to answer these questions and allegations as well. This effort will be led by Chairman James Comer at the Committee on Oversight in coordination with Chairman Jim Jordan. Uh, for Judiciary choice. Committee and Chairman Jason Smith on Ways and Means. Now, I do not make this decision lightly. <laughs> regardless of your party or who you voted for, these facts should concern all Americans. Um, I want to remind everyone that Kevin McCarthy is from California and represents a good amount of dairy cows. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, and just a, just a massive amount of dust bowl. Uh, so never I mean, forget I don't know how true this is, but they said that McCarthy doesn't even believe in this stuff because he's, he's being pressured from like the far right to bring these, uh, proceedings. And you can kind of tell, uh, you saw a couple of eye rolls in there, like during his, like, he was like, uh, uh, <laughs> uh um, and I don't think that he believes in this one I Oda, but you know, no, but doing, he's got to commit the bidding to the of, of the far right people in his party. Yes, but he has to like commit to it. He really has to stick with it because you're absolutely right. We're going to get to what Matt Gates had to say because the Freedom Caucus, the extremists in the House, they're not happy with this. They were the ones, remember, who held out on even voting for Kevin McCarthy to become speaker in the first place. They wanted Jim Jordan. Corinda, this is all on top of the fact that there's already a special counsel that's been appointed by who? By Joe Biden, not by Joe Biden, by Merrick Garland, who works under Joe Biden. They're very, very separate, but arguably under Biden's presidency, Merrick Garland, they're going to be investigating it. They have all kinds of like 
uh, resources available to them. They can investigate Biden, Hunter Biden, until the cows come home mm -hmm. and they're probably until, you know, uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy's cow comes home. But you're absolutely right that this is all for show and the Freedom Caucus does not like him, does not think this is enough. Here is... Uh, uh, Matt Gates, uh, good old uh, Rapey McForehead, uh, speaking about <laughs> this impeachment. On this very floor in January, the whole world witnessed a historic contest for House Speaker. I rise today to serve notice. Mr. Speaker, you are out of compliance with the agreement that allowed you to assume this role. The path forward for the House of Representatives is to either bring you into immediate total compliance or remove you pursuant to a motion to vacate the chair. Okay, so they're not happy with him. Now, I believe this was just before the impeachment inquiry was announced. So that's even more of a sense that, that uh, an evidence that McCarthy is a total coward and cuck. But uh, this is compliance. With we're going to into compliance. So that, so that means they already agreed to this when he became speaker right they were like this is right we're trading our votes for this thing right this is what you're going to do once we make you speaker yeah absolutely and there's more that he wants so he's going to lay it out no vote on term limits or on balanced budgets as the agreement demanded and required this was the agreement by the way that was like yeah we'll vote for you but you have to do this term limits i'm with like that's like the only thing and we'll talk about that there's been no full release of the january 6 tapes as you promised <laughs> you there has want, been insufficient you want more evidence that it was trump voters uh maga supporters there's we need Careful more what you ask for with the full jan 6 tape shut up accountability probably for the it. biden crime family <laughs> and instead of cutting spending to raise the debt limit you relied on budgetary gimmicks and rescissions so that you ultimately ended up serving as the valet to underwrite Biden's debt and advance his spending agenda. Mr. Oh, you are a valet, damn. Mr. Speaker, you boasted in January that we would use the power of the subpoena and the power of the purse. But here we are, eight months later, and we haven't even sent the first subpoena to Hunter Biden. That's how you know that the rushed and you know, somewhat rattled performance you just saw from the speaker isn't real. At this point oh, during Democrat control over the House of Representatives, they had already brought in Don Jr. three times. And we haven't even sent the first subpoena to Hunter Biden. <laughs> so he's they mad. They already brought in Don Jr. <laughs> they're, they're mad that like the, the Democrats during two of the impeachment inquiries, remember one of them was after Trump clearly was blackmailing the president of Ukraine in order to dig up dirt on Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. Just insanity, right? And then the second one was January 6th, and he's mad that, like, yeah, Don Jr. had to testify, and you're, we haven't even brought in Hunter and his beautiful like, blue eyes. He's like, what's the ratio? We brought in Don 3. We need, like, a 3 to 2 ratio. Exactly. Bring we need Ashley Biden. And power of the purse, <laughs> only thing the 118th Congress is known for at this point is electing Kevin McCarthy speaker and underwriting Biden's debt. And unfortunately, there's only one of those things we can remediate at this time. So he wants to remove Kevin McCarthy straight up. The impeachment announcement, not enough for Kevin McCarthy, um, who wants to remove. I mean, like, look, Corinda, who, who, who is he going to replace him with? 
I mean, Jim Jordan himself, like it, it doesn't matter any, any, anyone else, but like, this is just, it's so incredible to me. And like, I'm also a little jealous about how, what like unmitigated pieces of shit Republicans are that they don't, they don't even care about getting their bullshit agenda done. You know, they don't even care about, Hey, you're gonna, Hey, Hey Maddie, you're about to embark on a bunch of your bullshit. Remember, remember all the committees you, you know, created to look into Hunter Biden's dick pics. Remember how Marjorie <laughs> Green pulled out like pornographic images on the house floor to show, like, remember all that? And he's like, not good enough. So everyone's just like, it, it's like being in a, I don't know. It's like trying to work together. It's like being in an escape room with a bunch of influencers. We're all trying to like get the best selfie or be the person to get out. I feel like you're like, no, we're not working together. They're like, shut up. Well, you're in my life. About this is this, 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 this both sides BS that a lot of the media <laughs> likes to come out with. I'm like, the Democrats don't have a Marjorie Taylor Greene. They don't have a, a Matt uh, crazy. Like they don't have these extreme, extreme, uh, people, it's like, so what are you talking? They're like, oh, the Democrats have their um, their left wing. I'm like, where are they? Please point them out no. to me because I don't no. see any. <laughs> I don't well, see the thing is like, like, I mean, the thing that's, you know, and this is sort of always the conundrum of like, you know, we would like Democrats and we have some, you know, the squad, we have, you know, progressives, we have like arguably people who have, you know, we've Cory Bush has said defund the police. Like, yes, I agree with that. Um, but we don't have Democrats pulling out porn of Don Jr. Like we don't have. <laughs> we need some. Of, we don't have that. Like where's that person? <laughs> exactly. Where is they like, just you like want to compare? Like we need some one to one. Yes, I want someone to be like, no, we don't need borders. We need to obliterate all borders. Um, hashtag ACAP. And, yeah, like, uh, we, don't, we don't have anyone like that in the Democratic Party. No. So stop saying that. No, because the bare minimum for the Democrats is always let's try to keep the government like functioning and running. And it is so stupid that we continually have these, you know, these budget agreements that are good for like six months, three months. I think this one was. And you have these continuing resolutions to keep on doing, you know, funding the government. It's the stupidest way to run a government. Um, but that's what we have. And Democrats baseline is like, you know, I'm not going to hold the entire thing hostage to get my one. To, to get this very important piece of policy, let's say it's a Green New Deal. Let's say it was Medicare for all. Let's say it was, you know, abortion rights. Like, I don't know. Those might be good things to hold the, the government hostage over. But also, it's so clear that Matt Gates doesn't have the majority of, of Congress on his side. It would be so clear that, like, if we were to hold Medicare for all, you know, as the thing that we're, you know, people wouldn't vote on or whatever. It's like we don't have enough strength to do that. We're, that's not in line with the majority of people. The majority of people and and representatives just want to keep being able to do the work. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Anyway, all to say, like, I am jealous and also aghast at both of what uh, what Matt Gates is doing. Like, imagine this is your Christmas day and it's never good enough because they keep on moving the goalpost on Republicans do on what they want. Yeah, I mean, we know the history of this party, right? So we know that whenever they don't have actual policies, right? They start to play this sort of social morality BS card, right? So yeah. we're gonna say that um, Biden's son is corrupt, right? We're going to say that um, the Atlanta prosecutor who's prosecuting uh, 
Donald Trump is racist. We're going to say that, like, we're going to pull out all these things that have nothing to do with um, the actual policy that we're trying to put forth because we're not putting anything anywhere. We're not helping yeah. people. We're not doing any of this stuff. I mean, they've, I mean, they've done that for half a century, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, just distraction. Let's, let's just get people angry about people coming across the border or um, affirmative action or abortion, or it's like, let's get people riled up about all that stuff to detract from the fact that we're not doing anything policy-wise for people. Absolutely. Well, speaking of Atlanta, let's move on actually to our next story, because this is uh, the week where that celebrated grand jury that used Georgia's RICO laws to prosecute Trump and 18 of his lackeys is now being weaponized, ironically, to go against apparently a bigger threat. I hadn't heard of this, but anarchists who love forests. That's right. Uh, this is the Republican Attorney General Chris Carr, who indicted 61 activists who've been protesting against the construction of what is dubbed Cop City uh, in Atlanta, but it's also known as the Atlanta Public Safety Training Center. Um, but it's effectively a massive training uh, facility for police officers around the country. Um, I think it's, I think, Corinda, they're going to finally solve the, like, lack of police training we've been hearing about that leads to so many murders of unarmed specifically black americans like is i that, feel like is this that is why it's so big it. yeah exactly the bigger it is the more forest it cuts down the the more retraining we can give yeah. them okay. yeah 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 mm -hmm. but of course it's going to be like ridiculous mock like projects you know i mean this is the kind of stuff that like they did in nevada with afghanistan like creating like you know, a mini cobble in in the desert, you know, so people could go and train just wild, wild stuff like that. But so 61, 61 um, defendants, 61 people were indicted. Uh, let's get into uh, exactly what happened. Um, it is implied 61 defendants. The indictment uh, has implied that the defendants are dangerous anarchists and the state remains the only source for this claim. Even if the accused are all anarchists is from the intelligencer, it doesn't mean they'll all conceive of anarchism in the same way or agree on the same tactics. From this inauspicious begin beginning, it proceeds, it being the indictment, to cite the mere dissemination of left-wing ideas as suspicious activity. Defend the Atlanta Forest recruits, it warns, that's the organization, uh, People uh, warns people post things on the internet and hand out zines. They prepare for arrest by writing the number of four bail funds on their bodies. This is all common political activity, which Georgia is now seeking to punish. Even writing letters to incarcerated protesters is an evidence of conspiracy. So wild, just red baiting shit. Like wild, anything you're doing, any flyer, you 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 sent a text message, whatnot. Like sixty one people. So here's some of the the supposed charges um jeffrey parsons on or about january 18th attempted to occupy the decalb forest and prevent the construction of the atlanta public safety training so again occupying physically being there oh and then he signed his name as a cab this was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy <laughs> what what a cab that's a furtherance of the oh man no, exactly. I mean, like, are we going to sweep up like teens who are like writing it on their binders and stuff in the Atlanta area? Uh, I mean, over, like, this guy is grabbing at straws. Like you're, you're indicting people for protesting under the RICO. Yeah. That, that, that's what you think this law is for. Like, yeah. 
because people yes. are trying to prevent you creating this humongous like training facility. Yes. They're protesting. Yeah, they're protesting. And yeah, there has been like someone threw a Molotov cocktail. I want to kick it to uh, Chris Hayes over at MSNBC who sort of explained how crazy this entire indictment is. Ever since Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis brought a racketeering indictment against Donald Trump and his co-defendants, we've talked a lot about Georgia's particularly expansive version of that RICO law. It creates real legal peril for the ex-president and his co-conspirators, and it seems to be an appropriate tool to use against the transgression of their illegitimate and fundamentally unlawful project to overturn the election. The very breadth of that law can be a real double-edged sword, as people in Georgia, particularly defense attorneys, will be among the first to tell you. We got an example of that yesterday, when the very same grand jury that indicted Donald Trump also indicted 61 community activists and others, many of whom were attempting to stop the construction of a new police training facility. Now, some of the people involved in that have been accused of specific crimes, like throwing Molotov cocktails at police, for example, or approaching officers with weapons in a threatening manner. But what this application of Georgia's RICO statute does is that it also rolls up a whole bunch of people who did things like get a $62 reimbursement for food and a $12 reimbursement for glue. Mm. Yeah, just the same as trying to send an alternate slate of electors to D.C. to t overturn an election. Same, same shit. Um, I mean, if just you're throwing a Molotov cocktail at a police officer, okay. There, there, there's a crime there. If you're reimbursing, reimbursing somebody for food, <laughs> um, how are you being swept up in a RICO uh, indictment? And I, I see that they're also um, trying to go after the people who were bailing them out, right? So they're going yeah. after the, the bail fund. They're sweeping them into this. So now yes. it's illegal <laughs> to bail someone out. No, it, it is. It's such a scary precedent. Like what's and, and, it, and it makes me so mad because it, to be to, to, to go off on a little divergence here, it, it also kind of is an argument against going after someone like Trump under these Rico cases, which is such bullshit. I absolutely think that his he and his lackeys should be going. We should go after them. I'm glad that Fonnie Willis is doing it. It was a, it's a perfect use of Rico. It makes sense. Um, but then you see the ways that all of these things are then weaponized against always activists and truly politicized. Donald Trump and all of his followers are like, oh, you're, you're politicizing the justice system. No, no. In fact, they're doing everything they can to be as fair as they can. Everyone's going to get off if they ever get convicted with very light sentences. Come on. You know he's not going to see the inside of a cell. Let's get real. The difference is, is that these folks, nobody knows their names. Nobody, nobody really like, I mean, yes, there are people probably who, who listen to the show who've supported and, and I'm, these are real people, but like, these are the folks who are being demonized and this is who the law is being politicized to persecute and 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 historically that's always been the case and so it, it annoys me because i'm just like oh god damn I mean, it like listen in this country <laughs> you know we're always going to be damned if we do and damned if we don't if they go after trump on the on the rico of course they're going to find ways to use that against uh, activists. I mean, they, we've always done that. I mean, they, they've, 
gone and got the term woke and they have completely flipped <laughs> it on its head and turned it into something it was never meant to be. So, sure. like, I mean, this is what they do. Like if, if we stop doing stuff just because they're going to take it and fuck it up, yeah, we won't be able to do anything because that's absolutely. what we do. I mean, no, absolutely. They don't, I mean, they don't have the ability to go and do their own shit. I mean, look at, <laughs> I mean, look at the 1619 project, right? So now they've got the 1776 project. It's like, you can't even come up <laughs> with your own shit. Like you can't even do it on your own. You have to wait for us. And then you just do a version of it. Yes. It's like, yeah, you, you know, when your politics is all projection, you're just kind of miming. You're just copying everything that we do. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's absurd, but this is, this is what they do. Right. That's all and this they is can do. Exactly. And that's sort of the analysis is that, okay, so this Republican AG, it's like the one thing they have is, you know, they have this, you know, uh, district judge uh, that they can't rein in. So, you know, uh, so instead they're like, you know what, we're going to go after these people as if, as if mainstream Democrats honestly really even support these protesters, which they should. And I just want to go to a little bit of a video because people are really putting their lives uh, and their bodies on the line here to stop this uh, forest from being demolished, which is, of course, to say nothing of how important it is to like the city of Atlanta to have that green space. Um, and in, in addition to and I, I believe like the like sort of native significance, indigenous uh, significance of the forest itself. Um, to say nothing of the fact that they killed Tortuguita, a protester. Um, the cops killed him while he or them while they were protesting this. Uh, here's folks, uh, you know, sort of holding the line and continuing to, to demonstrate. We are um, religious people here, guided by our faith to stand up and protect the land. We are supported by our community, which are right there. We are here with the support of not just the people, but the forest and the environmental protection movement globally. We will not leave here. We will stand here until this forest is rebuilt. 61 people are being charged for racketeering, which is illegal organizing, just to organize to defend this forest. What's next? It is also troubling to me that this training facility is in a predominantly black community in DeKalb County. It is institutional racism at work when communities of color are repeatedly degraded, this time by the presence of increased militarism in their own neighborhoods. The corporations that are empowered to make the decisions that affect our lives are not going to make the right decisions. So we have to stand up and take our own um, future into our own hands through direct actions like this. We need as many people as possible to join in this fight of nonviolent direct actions. The more of us that are willing to take the risk and come out here and put their bodies on the line to save the forest, then we will win. So that is those from uh, religious uh, faith-based protesters uh, chaining themselves to bulldozers that are currently, you know, bulldozing this forest. Uh, now that, that footage was from the Atlanta Community Press Collective. Um, lastly, Corinda, before we move on, you got to know that uh, organizers have have been able to collect 116,000 signatures um, to put this to a vote for uh, for Atlantans to vote on whether or not they want this cop city. And uh, guess what happened? They will never let that happen. <laughs> they won't. I mean, they, they they won't. I mean, I just I can't see it. They you called it. So 
um, Atlanta officials are refusing to verify those signatures. They're basically throwing everything at them. They're like, oh, you, you got to match them up with the voter signatures. You got to do this. All the ways that different electeds and, and you know, uh, whatever oligarchs use to basically say, nah, you did it the right way, but it doesn't count because. Um, so there are they're tossing them out if the signature doesn't match what officials have on file organizers say they ultimately only need get this 58,203 valid signatures equivalent of 15% of registered voters as of the last election um and they have that they have 116,000 cuz they knew that they were going to get a lot of them thrown out so they have way more um mm-hmm. but that doesn't matter though they're not they refuse to being uh, to be count to count them um this is the best part though uh th- so this was cop city was approved in 2021 september two years ago by the city council and the land is being leased to the private private atlanta police foundation for ten dollars a year meanwhile all the money that's being used to brutalize these protesters you know that's coming from the city of Atlanta and the people of Atlanta. So I mean, look, the, the irony of the, this whole situation is that they're building this thing in a majority black neighborhood. They're cutting down this forest in a majority black neighborhood, which means, you know, they're wrecking the environment. We've heard of, of racist uh, environments. I mean, we, we know uh, that it happens. I mean, all across America, they've always, Put, drove the freeway through uh, black neighborhoods and just wrecked it. Um, and people are paying their tax dollars to basically kill themselves because we know that once this training facility is completed and once the training begins and once it ends, that the way police brutality um, invokes itself on black communities is going to be the same. Like they're not building this facility to train police officers to stop killing black people. <laughs> they're, they're not building it for that. They're building it to continue the type of policies that they have everywhere. And so um, there's a reason why people are protesting this. It's because if you're not using this facility to radically change the way that you police minority communities in this country, why are we paying our tax dollars to kill ourselves? <laughs> yeah. Why would we ever do that? Why would we do that? So that's why these people are out there putting their lives on the line. And I wish that there were more people out there. I wish that there were more. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it is, it's on us because like I said, um, you know, Democrats really don't have uh, the people's back here. And you see city council doesn't have the people's back. You see the ways that the Black Lives Matter movement has been demonized from the highest echelons of this country, from the Senate, from, from the president himself, uh, fund the police, fund the police. It's the one issue that got people out in 2020 to vote. Um, I mean, at least, no, at least young people. no black movement in this country that has ever been embraced. <laughs> I mean, that is the, the truth of the matter. I mean, even people who say today that they, you know, love Malcolm X and MLK. I mean, the truth of the matter is when they were alive, they didn't have the following that they have today. <laughs> right. So, you know, in retrospect, so you know, of course, they're going to demonize anything that that puts black lives on par with any other lives. So, yeah. I mean, I expect that to happen. But you also expect the party that black people have supported and black people have put their blood, sweat and tears into to stand up for us when we need them to. 
and they yeah. have not done that in this case. I mean, it would go a long way for even the vice president, right? The first woman of first woman, first woman of color, first black woman, vice president, say something, right? But she's a top cop, you know. I don't yeah, think she's gonna say. Not, I don't think she's gonna say. She's not going to dip her toe in into that pool because I mean they've already dragged her for things she doesn't have anything uh, to do with. So it, for her <laughs> to, like, yeah, she, she she's not politically. It's not a thing that she's ever going to. You know, no, she she won't. And I, I am curious, you know, and I, I full disclosure, I have not seen maybe what Stacey, someone like Stacey Abrams, again, uh, a, a progressive leader in, in Georgia, has said about it. Um, but I, it feels very much like protesters are alone. And I think that that has to do with what they're protesting and, yes, who they are and where they are and who they're fighting for. But look, 116 people signed this thing. Um, it only takes 58,000. Put it on the ballot. No one says you're overturning it. Just leave it to the people. They might vote. Make your case. You know you're going to flood it. Landon's with tons of fake propaganda about why you need this thing. But so they can't you, they can't take a scared. chance. They can't take that chance. They've put too much money, too much effort, yeah. too much time ten, into $10 this for, a year. <laughs> for there to even be a chance for the people in Georgia to say no. They can't take that chance. They won't, they won't allow it. Agreed. Uh, all right, final story. Let's let's dig into this guy. So this was the week where it's been a lot of announcements for re-election uh, and a lot of a lot of old octogenarians not trying to get up and share uh, anything that I don't know how to intro the segment. Let's let's start again. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> oh, white so, women. Is that is that the segment? Let's talk about old white women. This is a segment about old white women from California who don't want to let go of the reins of power, even though they're not aware that they still have the reins in their hands. Um, so Nancy Pelosi, uh, speaker, former speaker of the House uh, representing California, uh, California and San Francisco specifically, has announced that she, at the um, uh, young age of 83, is running for re-election. And she goes into why, uh, but here she is on MSNBC uh, saying, yep, running for re-election. I have agreed to stay on another term in order to help meet the needs that we have now. We're a resilient city. We've had AIDS. We've had earthquakes. Of course, we've all had pandemic. Uh, we intend to come out of this resilient city that we are in, in um, uh, even better. Now, at the same time, our democracy is at risk when we talk nationally and globally, people are concerned about what it means if our democracy is at risk and what it means to the war in Ukraine and what it means to our relationships with NATO and other alliances that we have. So I am motivated to do everything I can to win this election. Yeah, win this election. Uh, you know, we've been through everything um, here in San Francisco, the AIDS crisis and earthquakes. What year? I'm sorry. What year is this? You talking about right. the 89 earthquake? What year what, are we in? The AIDS epidemic about? of the 80s? She then sort of fast forwarded to the pandemic. Love that. But just like Pelosi on green screen of painted ladies in San Francisco saying that she is somehow still in touch with her district is just the funniest, most laughable. Like, you know... I mean, listen, Pelosi has, I mean, she's had her time. I mean, she's done some 
some good things. She's done some yeah. not so good things. I think uh, the fact that she doesn't realize that it's time for her to pass the baton is is more reason for her to pass the baton. <laughs> you know, she she needs to, you know, give the next generation the tools that they need to to fight what's ahead, you know, because she's seen it all, she's done it all. But clearly her time has passed. As you can see from the things that she's referencing, like she doesn't even know what we're fighting anymore. Right. Absolutely. And she um, you know, she, her, her excuse basically for why she needs to stay is that she needs to be effective as a fundraiser. So this is according to Politico. She said, my focus is the house and presidency. You're in a stronger position as a candidate. You may not know this, but if you're not a candidate, you really can't raise money for yourself. Yeah, I'm sure she didn't mean for herself. And raising money for myself enables me to spend that on other people. When I have more Manolos, you have more Manolos. She added, for the House Democrats, though, I still need to be able to raise significant money for them as a candidate. Look, I don't dispute that she's an incredible fundraiser and that we live in a toxic, super PAC, disgusting duopoly. Like, that is, yes, agreed. And, and, and I'm sure, maybe she can raise more money as a candidate. But, like, how awful is it to admit that? Like, it's like you're so out of touch with your people. You're so mm -hmm. out of touch with San Francisco. You're so out of touch with California. And yet yeah. you're just staying because you're going to raise as much money as you can. Like, I don't know. Isn't there a world where you just still raise that money, but for another candidate? Like, no one. Look, That's exactly I, right. It's like Obama isn't still in office. But you yeah. know how much money Obama raises for Democratic candidates? I mean, exactly. let's, let's take a cue here from, <laughs> from that. It's like, you don't have to be in office, Nancy. You can still... No, no. Yeah. And let's take a cue from Diane Feinstein, because, look, she is with it now in Nancy Pelosi. Like, like, to be fair, she seems to be pretty with it as an 83 year old. Diane Feinstein's 90. Like, she's going to be what is it going to be like 85, I guess, through her second her next term. It's just like, do we really want to risk you? I mean, forget passing the baton, just literally letting it go. Um, but you're totally right. Who, I mean, listen, of, of all the San Francisco, like sorry, of all the libs, who's going to be like, if you see a flyer blankety blank endorsed by Nancy Pelosi, everyone's voting for that person and will send money to that person. Absolutely. Shut up. That is absolutely true. I mean, and listen, we have seen what happens when people hold on too long. I mean, love RBG, but we know that she should have retired when Obama was still president. <laughs> Right. Yeah. We, I mean, she knew that she was sick yeah. and look what happened. Yeah. So, I mean, let's take a cue from what we've done in the past and the mistakes that we've made. Stop trying to hold on to power for power's sake. Yes. Which and especially women, which is what these women are doing. We understand you like the perch. You like all the things that come along with it. You also like, you know, legislating and all that stuff. But there is a time when you need to sit aside and let someone else you know, run this race. Absolutely. And it is also really sad and scary because there isn't, it, it isn't clear who in her district would be like who from like what the SF city council or who from like the California Senate or legislature, like who's being tapped? Like who is, who's our next in line other well, than like other thing. Do you like know what I'm you saying? Weren't, you weren't grooming somebody like you weren't no, exactly. somebody in position to come after you like that. Exactly. You can't, you can't do that. We can't the Democrats do, we can't do We wish the Democrats were as much of groomers as Republicans say they are. Uh, Cause we, you're totally right. 
And, um, and and California is such a prime example. The state went to Bernie in 2020 in the primary. The state is so out of touch with people like Nancy Pelosi and so out of touch with people like Dianne Feinstein, who, um, once again, had got shingles, um, was not in D.C. for a long time, now is in D.C. and ironically under the care of a woman of, I believe, one of Nancy Pelosi's daughters. So that's interesting. Um, she mm-hmm. also... She also is ref- she's not running for re-election, but she refuses to retire immediately, which means that if she cannot sit on her committees, if she cannot sit for votes, Democrats lose out. There is no leeway in the Senate, of course, in terms of uh, how many votes we get to confirm judges and whatnot. Um, and if she were to retire and do the right thing right now, if she were to retire right now, Gavin Newsom, the governor, would be tapped to appoint someone in her in her absence. And we know um, that he has said that he would appoint a black woman to that position. And he has vowed to do that. However, because Barbara Lee, uh, Rep- Representative Barbara Lee from Oakland, has been, uh, is in the race for that Senate seat, um, along with Katie Porter and Adam Schiff. We'll talk about him a little bit. Uh, what was once seen as like the person he would tap to fulfill the sort of interim role looks like will will it will absolutely not be here he is talking with chuck todd about that um and he's you can see how much he's dancing around this and also and we'll talk about why uh but but take a look we're aligned with with feinstein in her office sounds like you hope you don't have to make another appointment. no i don't want to make another appointment i don't think the people of california want me to make another appointment because you'd end up appointing both seats yeah yeah and and i don't think that's you know um, that said, it's my job. It's my responsibility. If we have to do it, we'll do it. Uh, You're going to abide by your pledge? Yeah. It, interim appointment. I don't want to get involved in the primary. So no, you would not appoint anybody on that is, that is filed for this race? It would be completely unfair to the Democrats that have worked their tail off. That primary is just a matter of months away. I, I don't want to tip uh, the balance of that. But you're going to abide by it. It would be a, essentially a caretaker, an African-American woman. Uh, we hope we never have to make this decision, but I, I, I abide by what I've said very publicly on a consistent basis. Yes. Uh, if I have to, I will. But we're following Diane Feinstein's office because I'm really good friends with Diane Feinstein, even though she just calls me Bob instead of Gavin when I see her. So, I mean, Krita, look, this is, yeah, this is a tough one. Obviously, um, Barbara Lee is uh, she's in the race. Um, it would seem unfair if he just tapped her and, and plucked her uh, into that spot. And listen, to be honest, I'm not opposed to that. <laughs> um, yeah. He said that he would appoint a black woman. He never said, I won't appoint a black woman who's already running for, <laughs> for this job. He never said that. So, I mean, it still should be open to her. Um, yeah. Having said that, some people think that it would be unfair to the to people that are, are in the race. But hey, what what I would say is it's 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 unfair for Black women all over the world. So I would put Barbara Lee in there. Put give, give it to her. If, yeah. if if they if they want to run against her in in a in the race for the actual seat, fine. But give it to her. I mean, what's interesting is that Barbara Lee is trailing behind in terms of fundraising. Uh, she, of course she was. Is. Yeah, she's trailing behind uh, Katie Porter, and she's, of course, trailing behind Adam Schiff, who, again, sort of made his name as the leader of the first Trump impeachment um, and has kind of like played that card for a really long time, even though he is much more to the center um, 
than Barbara Lee. Again, one of the lone votes against the authorization of whatever it was. Endless for that reward. reason alone, he should put her. For that reason alone. Yeah. I mean, that's a legacy that you cannot, you know, forget about. I mean, I just she was really... the one person who had the spine to say, no, this isn't right. We shouldn't yeah. go there. This, this, th Nobody from Afghanistan or Iraq was on any of those planes. So, like, why are we yeah. waging this war against someone who didn't have anything to do with this, right? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. She was the uh, one yeah. person who had the guts at that time to say it. They all have retrospectively said it, but she did it in the moment. So where is her cultural cachet for that? She, I know, she I know. never really got it. I know. And and I look, I've said that I think, I think Barbara Lee has been in, I think she's not necessarily the my pick to like be in the Senate since there are no term limits for limits forever and ever and ever. I also I've like I've met her. I think she's really great. I think she's also like tired of elected office. <laughs> like she's very jaded. That was a sense I got. Mm. Uh, I do like Katie Porter's like energy, but I also think that I mean, in terms of like getting in there and kind of being able to like run shit and especially I think people can get intimidated by the Senate. You know, you see someone like Katie, Katie Porter, she's pretty new. If she were in the Senate, who knows? You know, this is a small body. Like, whereas I think I think someone like Barbara Lee could absolutely hold her own um, and, and come in there, for lack of a better term, guns blazing um, mm -hmm. and stand up for, I think, what people of California want. Um, she took issue with the idea that she was a caretaker, um, mm -hmm. but that was that was put in by Chuck Todd. Like he said, like a caretaker. She said, I'm troubled by the governor's remarks. The idea that a black woman should be appointed only as a caretaker to simply check a box is insulting to countless black women across the country who have carried the Democratic Party to victory election after election. I also say, I think that why do we have these like promises from politicians like biden i promise the next will be a black woman i promise the next one just do it stop saying this stop making it like a i promise i'm gonna check that box and then i will be cool and good and woke and great it's like just do it stop talking about it and just do it because when you say it it makes the right mad it makes you know the left mad it makes black women mad like feel like just like a box being checked again yeah. just do it i mean i think the reason why and this is just my opinion that they're making these proclamations is because the black women have carried the water for the Democrats for so long without any reciprocity. And so now, you know, mm -hmm. we delivered Georgia, you know, we're saying, so we've, we've, we've turned these States um, blue that you never thought would be. And so yeah. now they feel like they need to make some kind of overture right. uh, publicly, but they don't, like you said, they don't need to just do the thing that we put you in office to do. Like you don't have to make these grand gestures. I mean, yes. make sure that, um, you know, there's there's welfare and uh, social uh, safety net available to people who should have it. Make sure that, like you talked about, uh, childcare is affordable. Mm -hmm. Make sure that, you know, black women and, and other minorities are making the same amount from doing the same job. It's like exactly. all the stuff that we elected you to do do it. Do that. And then you won't have to make these kind of statements because to me, exactly. if you're making those kind of statements, you aren't doing the things that we really want you to do. Yes. Hey, deliver on uh, universal health care, Gavin Newsom. Remember when you said that, you know how many black Californians that would help? Uh, so it's just like, absolutely. Yes. It's like the day-to-day -day stuff that we need you to take care of.
It's like if you're exactly. going to do, if you're going to put a black woman in, great, that's fantastic. But our day to day lives are, are really the 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 our pain points, and we put you in office to take care of those things. Mm -hmm, exactly, and and I I don't disagree with you that yeah, him appointing Barbara Lee at this point, uh, th given that she's in the race, could feel like it was you know throwing it. That being said, we all know. First of all, we just got done talking about how close he is with Diane Feinstein. Mm -hmm. So who is Feinstein supporting? Uh, uh, Adam Schiff. Of mm -hmm. course, 100 percent. Corporate Democrat protect corporate Democrat. So, yeah. you know, Gavin Newsom supports Adam Schiff. You know that the, his people are like clawing at him and like, do not do this. Right. You know that they're clawing at Diane Feinstein saying, do not resign. We would rather have the in all like we would rather miss out on appointing justices we would rather miss out on critical votes just so we can get another corporate democrat in there for i don't know the next 50 years like this is the short-sightedness and the kind of like toxic again like pl plutocratic bs in dc that you see bite us in the ass and by us i mean and this, and this is, and this is why we've people. always talked about you know there's really no left is left right there's really no nothing in the democratic party pushing them more left right we just keep getting the same old same old centrist corporate democratic um bs i mean you know one of the reasons why nancy pelosi you know didn't support the squad as much right because she's like oh they're going too far no they're not like we're <laughs> They're telling you this is what the people are asking for. And you keep telling them, pushing them, trying to push them back to some corporate center. Yeah, that's the problem. Absolutely. And and it's like, don't you have enough? Don't you have enough? You have enough money. You got a house in Pack Heights. You got a you got a <laughs> freezer full of ice cream and a bunch of Manolo Blahniks. Everything's fine. And yeah. look, I understand that and Nancy and these people are like master legislators. But how short sighted are you that you're not thinking about the next like 15 to 20 years? or even 10. You think Nancy Pelosi in 10 years is going to, no. So yeah, fundraise now, but the short-sightedness of politics. And if there's one thing I agree uh, with Matt Gates on is again, the term limits, the term limits, the term limits, the term limits. It would make all of this a lot easier um, or just even it out. You know what I'm saying? It's like, there's term limits on president. And you know, I want Obama to run again. Yes, I said I mean, it. I think even if you have term limits, uh, I think as long as you have all of this dark money yeah, in politics, it term limits to me won't matter because the next person up is just going to take that money and do the bidding of whoever has the most. Sure. So it's like there's, a, lot of, there's a deep bench swapping out bag. people as long as the money is the undergird of it all. Until you get rid of that, it's not going to matter. That's why, you know, I remember in 2020 during the Democratic primary, the first person who I was like, I love you forever. I'll follow you to the ends of the earth. Kirsten Gillibrand, like, you know, just like the first thing she said was, I think we need money out of politics. And I was like, thank you. Whatever you're, you know, sign me up. Um, you know, and like Gillibrand is an example of like sort of a, again, a, she's almost like the, uh, the, the good doppelganger of Kirsten Cinema, mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> But she's, you know, like the of the Gen X, like, again, we're not we don't need all the way millennials. No one's saying it's got to be AOC. Can there be just a layer of Gen Xers um, who aren't so horribly, you know, stuck in their ways? Entrenched. Anyway, yeah, I mean, that's, that there's got to be like a, a group of, of 
somebody who who's not there yet. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And there's other people who need to resign. You know, it's not just these Californians, but because we're here, like, and because honestly, I just feel like the state could do so much better. Um, That's, you know, it's important uh, to talk about. And also the fact that Newsom wants to be president one day, clearly. Yeah. I get when he was sitting in that chair, I just, the, the, the blue suit, the, the hair, like everything. I'm like, I'm just getting those I'm running for president vibes from him. Like even the way he's talking about not interfering with something and doing, I was like, this guy. What's annoying he, is that- He's gearing up for- Yeah, and like here, here's what's annoying about how, how, last thing I'll say all this, our country's so far to the right that like Newsom, Feinstein and Pelosi, let's say nothing of term limits, age, whatnot. Let's imagine they're all, you know, 50. Uh, like completely fine Democrats. Yes, corporate centrists. Yes, a little progressive, but not for California. Do you know what I mean? Like they're fine, but I really would expect for California, again, state that went to Bernie. Sure, we've got our Kevin McCarthy's. We got our some of our right wingers, you know, uh, like Fresno exists. Sorry, just, just kidding. Uh, but like a lot of like, you know, we've seen Huntington Beach. You've seen the MAGA out there. But like that is how that somehow they're painted as the leftists or the in crazy liberal California. And you're like, oh, my God, if only, you know. Um, so on a national level, I like the way Newsom talks. I like that he's more combative. I like that he's sort of the antidote to Ron DeSantis. Go off, like do it. But also you have to deliver for this state. I feel like, you know, yeah. politics. If, should you're, be if like, you're going to be the antidote to Ron DeSantis, you have to be the left version of him. And he's not. Yeah. That. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that, totally that, that's right. what, you know, that's always been my problem with the Democrats. It's like we have a Ron DeSantis. We don't have a Democratic version of him. You're right. No, no, you're anyway. absolutely right. In in speech only, right? In sort of, you know, uh, Newsom can speak out against uh, Ron DeSantis and the things that he's doing with migrants. It takes literally no sweat off his back to say, hey, it's wrong to bust migrants to Vice President Kamala Harris's house. Cool seems like a political stunt it's a very other thing to actually like do and look newsom's done some good things we're talking about childcare. He, he's expanding uh universal pre-k in this state that's good for four-year-olds uh my you know i'm looking forward to that i'm not saying that nothing has been done but you're totally right that it's like where's the bold ideas mm-hmm. where's the like you know the shit where it's um and delivering on them and and making right. a big stink about it because every time I turn on the television, there's a Republican saying some wild stuff, right? I mean, just out in not even left field. I don't even know right field, right, right, right field, right? <laughs> yeah. And there's I never turn on the television and some Democrat is saying some leftist, leftist, leftist thing. Like I've never, you know, it's just yeah. not there. Let's democratize the energy grid. Go like let's. The closest we've got is Cori Bush, right? And Ilion, and like those are the the and they're what they're black women. (laughs) They're the ones who are pushing. Yes, they're. I mean, most of them are. I mean, this is the whole thing with like the. It's so interesting. People are, you know, Bernie would get a lot of shit. He's like, oh, but he's an old white guy, and it's just incredible, like who he has inspired, and the squad is, if not maybe everyone but katie porter if you consider katie porter inside or outside of the squad all women of all people of color all people of color jamal bowman um you know obviously ilhan omar everybody else ayanna presley all women of color and people of color and you can make the case that that is why we need more (laughs) you know 
old white Jews. Yeah. I mean, we just <laughs> we, like we, no. we can't just we can't just have like this homogenous looking Senate and House of Representatives. Like we see what that looks yeah. like and we see the kind of policies that come out of that. So the yes. closer people are to being poor and to poverty and to have had that in their lives, the more they legislate for people who have those circumstances. It's like exactly. If they only almost, had I think almost them. everybody in Congress and the Senate is rich, right? I mean, there's 90% of them are millionaires. Yeah. yeah. So how could you possibly expect them to legislate for people like me and you? Indeed. Uh, let's move on to our final segment. Let's get fun. But there's it's still awful, but also fun. Uh, a few. It's not a cringies. We have the cringies. That's a here. This is more just a bad look, guys. This is a few things people did over the last week. Maybe they shouldn't have. This is Bad Look. Okay, let's start with the obvious. Um, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. Uh, they uh, sent a letter to a judge who was sentencing their good friend slash rapist, Danny Masterson, an actor who was convicted of two uh accounts of rape and then eventually sentenced to the maximum which was 15 years each which that makes sense hey look a rapist got justice hell yeah um so 30 years in prison total mila kunis and ashton kutcher actually petitioned the judge to be lenient before that sentence came down and oopsie we found out about it um and they then have since sought uh to pardoned themselves and they uh, apologized uh but they, they spoke about okay so these letters of leniency um uh, describe deep connections to masterson kutcher saying that masterson has been his friend and role model for 25 years by the way kutcher has a foundation i believe against child sex trafficking so cool, and did cool, you did cool. you did you see that video oh their I apology mean, they look super set. I mean, they look like somebody told them they had to wash their legs. I mean, it's, it's bad. <laughs> I mean, it's horrible. Okay, we have to watch them apologizing for said letter of leniency. Here we go. We are aware of the pain that has been caused by the character letters that we wrote on behalf of Danny Masterson. We support victims. We have done this historically through our work and will continue to do so in the future. A couple months ago, Danny's family reached out to us and they asked us to write character letters to represent the person that we knew for 25 years so that the judge could take that into full consideration relative to the sentencing. The letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling. They were intended for the judge to read um, and not to undermine the testimony of the victims or re-traumatize them in any way. We would never want to do that. And we're sorry if that has taken place. Our heart goes out to every single person who's ever been a victim of sexual assault, sexual abuse, or rape. Okay, so let's let's talk about this video because uh, just on pure acting, because they're both acting. Um, I think Ashton's got super, Mila B. Super sad. I mean... You know, he had the the five o'clock shadow. I mean, he looked like he was downtrodden. I mean, he 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 put he put some work into that character. Um, he really did. But, just like and like I know, you know, it took him like you know six tries, right? Because you could. There was one moment he forgot to say, "And we're sorry," and she like 
pauses, like looks like it's your line, you know, like line. And he was like, line. Like we, she looked at like we we've talked about it. We did it already. <laughs> but her like sort of like overly um, serious, and we know like I just that I just don't buy. Here's the thing, Corinda. I get that this was after the sentence and they were asking for leniency and whatnot and whatever, whatever, whatever. But you are also public figures and people are going to find out. And ultimately, that's going to make you look like a rape apologist. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So you could totally tell the family, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Give them money or something. We might not find out about that. We might. It might be harder. You can't, on one hand, say that you've always supported victims and then write a letter for rapists like that. Those two things don't go together. Like you couldn't, you you can't put them together. Even though you have a lot of money, it makes no sense. Like you can't. Right. And these are the same people who were so so appalled when Will Smith smacked Chris Rock, and they were like, "Oh my God, this is horrible! I can't believe <laughs> it just assaulted my eyeballs like that." And then you write. <laughs> a letter for a guy who's been raping people to say he's 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 been good to us what what like yeah. what do you want absolutely he never raped me i mean that's effectively yeah. what it is and it's just okay so i just just a full you know let's give some context to this video because uh the this uh, twitter account matt uh what what is that god i skip roman numerals 14 <laughs> Uh, said, I know their PR team told them to sit in front of an innocuous, normal person looking wall. But unfortunately for them, I have also watched their Architectural Digest house tour and know exactly where this was filmed. And if you're listening, they were filming against sort of like a nondescript, like barn wall, kind of like sandwash, you know, wood. Um, and it's in front of a insanely gorgeous pool and an insanely gorgeous property with like a gazebo. And it looks like it's, you know, a $10 million property. So, uh, or 20, well, I don't know numbers. I mean, just let's, um, wow. Let's just <laughs> shout out to uh, Topher and uh, Laura for not uh, writing, writing any letters. I think they were the only two from that cast that, yes. didn't, that didn't write letters. So let's, let's, let's give them props. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> they were, right. They were like, hell no, which is exactly <laughs> what they all should have said. Exactly. I mean, if any, you know, when in doubt, uh, say nothing. I think that's always, people don't do that enough. Just be quiet. Just, just be quiet. Let it, let it wash over you. Like you, you don't have to say anything. Yeah. You could have told his family, like, you know, he's been great to us, but there's no way in hell I'm writing this letter. I just, <laughs> people are already mad at us because we don't bathe our kids. Um, <laughs> we, we need to, we're, we're a little this hot right now. Pond we shouldn't jump into. <laughs> yeah. All right, number two for bad looks this week. Uh, Drew Barrymore, more celeb news, has decided, no, you know what? She doesn't care about the WGA strike. Uh, she doesn't care about uh, writers because it's time to work, guys. We need to go back to doing the Drew show. So here she is. This is her statement on Instagram. Uh, it is mwah in terms of tone deafness. Um. So blah, -de blah, blah, blah. I made a choice to walk away from the MTV film and television awards because I was the host and it had a direct conflict with what the strike was dealing with. And this was back in the day in which was studio streamers, film and television. It was also in the first week of the strike. And so I did what I thought was the appropriate thing. Oh, this is at the beginning of the strike at the time to stand in solidarity with the writers. And to be clear, our talk show actually wrapped on April 20th. So we never had to shut down the show. However, 
I am also making the choice to come back for the first time in this strike for our show. That may have my name on it, but it's bigger than just me. I own this choice. We are in compliance with not discussing or promoting film and television that's struck of any kind. We launched live in a global pandemic. Our show was built for sensitive times and has only functioned through what real world is going through in real time. So effectively, like, we want to report on the strike from a scab-ass show. Hold that thought. I want to be there to provide what writers do so well, which is to bring us together or help us make every sense of the human experience. I hope for a resolve for everyone. I hope for a resolution, you dumb, uh, for everyone as soon as possible. We have navigated difficult times since we first came on air. And so I take a step forward to start on season four once again with an astute humility. And also, I think further further down in that statement, uh, uh, her her reps or whatever of the show said that they aren't going to perform anything that writers would do. <laughs> and so they're in compliance with the WGA strike. So you're trying to tell me that you're going to have a talk show where nobody's writing anything? What are you talking about? <laughs> no. And, and also, like, how many, like... If Drew Barrymore is doing that, and Drew Barrymore, I mean, this show is especially needs writers because she's not a comic. She's not a host. She's an actress who was just got because of her name, got this show. Whereas so you you're got, trying to get us to believe that Drew is going to write everything that comes right. out of her mouth. Yeah. So, but, that- but ultimately, it's all, they're all going to be scabs. Meanwhile, you've got like Stephen Colbert who could feasibly do the show himself, maybe. I don't know. Like, you know, if you want to put it to talent on talent in terms of like, you know, who could lean a show, I would, you know, uh, him, Kimmel, others who are striking and they're not doing this shit. It right. is so wild to me. And what's so funny, this is more context. So she's saying that she's using the show to heal, to bring us together. And yet during her first taping, which was, I believe yesterday they did before a WGA did pick it. Um, and they were giving out buttons to the live studio audience members, some of whom did not know that there was a strike. A lot of people, they come visit L.A. I think it's filmed in L.A. They don't know there's a strike, right? That's fine, you know. So they, like, grabbed some buttons and they went into the show. Guess what happened next? Producers flipped out. Took their buttons. Kicked them, no, out, right? them, kicked them out of the show. Kicked them out of the show. Can't, can't be here for the live taping. So miss me I with mean, the three I mean, people that's, together. That's humility. I mean, <laughs> so they it's so the, consistent with the statement that they put out right and the best part is they joined the picket line i think so like after they get kicked out they join the picket line i mean here, here's the thing i would appreciate if mm-hmm. these people who are filming breaking the show, if you would just come on and say mm-hmm. fuck y'all like just i mean just, <laughs> you didn't need to write that whole thing like you didn't need to say <laughs> all of that what say what it is drew just like i'm getting like that like i don't give a damn about none of y'all we gonna do this like that's that's what we want to hear that's real like this right. other stuff you saying doesn't make any sense oh my god though don't you kind of wish she would because then i mean ron perlman himself would descend on that motherfucking studio because can you imagine she's just like i hope you do lose your house <laughs> like I'm, I mean, look, I've been to the picket line once, but I am going again. Is, is she doesn't need the, she doesn't need this. That's what's crazy. It's not like they plucked some random person who w- needed a talk show and some money and some clout. Like she doesn't 
need it. No, I know. She doesn't need the money. She So I'm just baffled. I, well, I don't understand. So, well, you know what? That's what's so annoying. And this is just, this is just me kind of like just getting mad generally. But, you know, I work in a lot of like unscripted stuff. So I will like go out for correspondent roles or host roles and whatnot. And, you know, usually like usually you can be like a, a correspondent like or or you know national geographic i work with them correspondent but lately in the last like five to ten it's like no we don't really care about a correspondent with no name recognition we want the celeb so will mm. smith's got to be the narrator okay. for like this you know uh whatever like uh, you know big bang um documentary right. on nat geo like yeah. it's gotta be like stanley tucci's gotta host the show on cnn even though nobody knew fucking bourdain when and i'm no bourdain, well, they want to guarantee they want a guaranteed audience built in right they don't yes. want to have to curate an audience no they don't want to take a chance on anyone it. new they don't want they want existing ip and that goes for like big celebrities too so you're 100 right that drew didn't need this show she definitely didn't need the money she did it because they offered it to her i mean you have busy phillips who's whose show got canceled and because People probably didn't know enough about Busy Phyllis, but they didn't give her enough time right. to like grow and make the show better and like get get to know people. Um, yeah. So it's again, it's just like, guys, it's so sick. And right now with the strikes, I uh, like apparently, and I'm well, not in this climate that we have right now. Like we could never have had a Ricky Lake or a Jenny oh Jones. Oh my God, or no, exactly. Donahue or an Oprah or because everybody has to come to a talk show already famous. Yes. Yes. That's 100% correct. That's and, bad. and like kudos to these, you know, all white dudes, uh, late night show hosts, all white men. Um, you know, they are talented. They did work their way. They're comics, they're improvisers whatnot. But like, you know, there is still a, that's still a blockade of white dudes, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway that's just my own personal bitch this show is like somehow really long but that's just because corinda and i like we vibe you know um we do uh, <laughs> okay one more bad look and then i don't know whatever you think the, the worst one is okay so we found out this week because there's all these new ronan farrow has an investigative piece about elon musk um there's a new book out about elon musk um that is a biography. I, I don't remember the name of the author, but but in it we learned that um, that actually a year ago, when the war in Ukraine was beginning, um, that hang on, let me get my notes. Here we go. Um, so this is according to the Washington Post that apparently you know so Elon Musk has this internet provider called Starlink and was providing internet to uh, Ukraine, um, but um, in September 22, 2022, Musk had actually asked Starlink to, uh, Ukrainians had asked for the Starlink support to attack Russian naval vessels based at the Crimea port of Sevastopol. Sevastopol. Uh, Musk had refused due to concerns that Russia would launch a nuclear attack in response. Russia seized Crimea from Ukraine in 2014 and claims it is territory. However, Musk was not on a military contract when he refused Crimea's request. He's been approving terminals to Ukraine for free in response to Russia's February 2022 invasion. However, in the months since, the U.S. military has funded and officially con contracted with Starlink for continued support. The Pentagon has not disclosed the terms or cost of that contract, citing operational security. So basically, in other words, he himself alone decided that when Ukraine was like, hey, can we have internet service in this area of um, whatever it was, Sevastopol, that I can we can use to attack Russia, um, Elon was like, no. Nah. No, nah, sorry. I don't, 
I don't believe in that. Can you, imagine, can you imagine a civilian having that power? I mean, no, people, not- should, people should be flipping out right now about that. Insane. I mean, what we're learning is that guys. Can you imagine we- somebody having that power against America or any anywhere else in the world. No, it is very scary. And, and I feel like what we've seen from Elon just on, just on Twitter, just on X, the things he says, the dumbass moves he makes. This is a guy who now is in control of whether the entire country of Ukraine's military can or cannot have Didn't internet access. Just, like name his kid machinist operators or something like it's crazy. <laughs> like this dude should not be in charge of anything. You name your kid that. Like you're not, you're not all all there. We, I mean, you know. there there is something to be said about look, yeah, uh, oh, you know, part of me is like maybe he did a good thing. Maybe yeah, there would have been a nuclear uh, attack, and it would have been an. What if it was an attack that slowed the roll of that the whole thing successful. and maybe stopped it? Right, yeah. that was successful. It's the warning shot. It's the thing that works, and it's like, oh damn, that was a big move. We're gonna we're gonna cool it. Like it I mean, the point is, either way, way, he shouldn't either have way. had the power to do it. One hundred. Either way, however it turned out, like he shouldn't have been able to be like, nah, y'all can't do that. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it is very scary that like the Pentagon is contracting with Starlink. It's so scary that this guy, just by by virtue of being a billionaire and controlling these companies, some of which, yeah, are innovative or have great people working for them, has this much power. I don't even know if this is a bad look, but this is definitely the worst out of all of them to yeah. me. I think I think this might be the worst. I think it might be the worst because I mean it's crossing so many lines. It's crossing yeah. so many lines from from you know government to war to individual choice to it's like this one guy decided. Yeah. Isn't it and this could have been the turning point in this war. Right. But he decided. I mean, yep. that's, but that's, you know, that's, look that's at all. Gotta be. He was like, no, you've got to buy a blue check mark first before I can allow you to do the stray. <laughs> Why don't like, you advertise with us? Mark? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> Should have got that check. <laughs> Maybe I would have let you do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Corinda Dobbins, Black and Blue is her album. Uh, where where do you recommend people get that? Um. From uh, Blonde Medicine, you can go to blondemedicine.com and um, you really, yeah. you, I, I know it's a lot of retro heads out there. You really should buy the album. Buy the album. That's the best way to experience a live comedy album. Yes, it, it is. Buy it f- on a record player. Re- record CD. Mini record. disc. No, record player. Oh, you got oh, a, a little. I, I got a real album. You got a real album. I love this. And and remember, guys, like when you look up music, I mean, uh, comedy albums for free, a lot of them are available. But if you truly want to support comics, buy it through the distributor uh, and the company, which is Blonde Medicine, good fans and friends of this show. Um, yeah. Corinda. We're not so going to talk about Spotify. I mean, it's on Spotify, but we know what's up. Right. No, shell out the money. It's not that much. It it goes to support uh, the comic directly. And um, thank you so much for being on. Anything else? Any other plugs? Where can people find you? Um, I'm going to be uh, jumping on some dates with uh, Roy Wood Jr. So um, yes. Can, uh, uh, if you if you see him come to your town, I may or may not 
uh, be there. I mean, I hope it's May. I'm only on one day so far, but I'm hoping to get on another one. Expand. So I'm, I'm, um, I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Well, and on social, where can we follow you? Um, it's Corinda Dobbins everywhere. Like I didn't get fancy. Um, on Twitter, <laughs> on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, I couldn't no, come good. up with a whole bunch of uh, handles. I'm like, it's my name. <laughs> I mean, you good, good, good. I'm. It's good that you was available. I have to kill the other Francesca. I hope she's gone now. But oh, yours wasn't. Yours wasn't. Well, my whole name is like absurdly long, but there is a, at Francesca who like has she has like a defunct Twitter. Not that I care about yeah, Twitter you were, anymore. If you were Eli, you could just take it. Because they no. did that to somebody. They did somebody had like. Imagine if you're the other Elon Musk. Okay, we got to go. Um, Corinda, everybody follow Corinda on the socials and uh, take very good care, Corinda. Always good to see you. Such a good time. We lose track of it. Uh, but let's go over to the comments real, real quick. Woo, thank you so much, William Larson, for becoming a new member. Y'all know you can become members of this show. I just realized I had an umbrella, uh, like, base and behind me mm -hmm. uh cool 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 you can be members on the show on youtube and you can also get watchback privileges of the bonus bish as well as um uh, uh on twitch you can do that matt gates on white for bronco what's up thank you for your super chat please wish henry kissinger a happy death day with your greta voice how dare you still be alive and without painful hemorrhoids how dare you is it his birthday today god uh how dare you, you disgusting old troll, you war criminal, disguised as a cute little troll to fool everyone. Um, progressive positive left something. Yesterday made six months until my 40th. We're getting old, uh, better, Franny. We're getting old, better, Franny. Uh, thank you. Uh, Daniel Lee saying universal child care is one of the next big fights. So expensive. Agreed. Remember when Melania was going to do that? I mean, uh, was it Ivanka? I can't keep up straight. Um, Dr. Don says Germany has kindergeld money from government each month for every child. Child care is free as our schools, universities, trade schools, healthcare. Just saying, no, no, I'm moving. I talk to my friends who are in Spain. Trust me. I've just got to work on my husband. My husband. Robert, thank you for your super chat as always. Happy birthday, Franny. You don't look a day over 39. Well, maybe one day. Ah! Lady fuck. Lady. I can't. I don't know. Uh, thank you on your for your super chat. My first live on your B-Day. How cool is that? Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm glad it's your first live. My birthday was two days ago, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. Uh, Paper Dragon uh, says Matt Gates will replace him in terms of Speaker of the House. Yeah. It can always get worse, I guess. Um, Dr. Doom on YouTube. Hunter's meth pipe is bigger than Don Jr.'s Coke straw. Mm. Uh, just sick the sons against each other. They should just have to battle. But rap battle um handicapped zone give the people what they want more hunter hog picks indeed and uh paper bullet says criminalizing social protests and left ideas sounds like nazi germany yeah or just this country marshall ghetto how you doing man it says refusing to recognize your residence is such an obvious symptom of their fash um yeah when your residents when the people of atlanta say say they want a thing uh, and you're just like, no, we're going to override you. I mean, same with Corinda was talking about Alabama, you know, uh, it's just, uh, you know, they, they're overriding the will of the people when they can't get their way. Um, 
Soul Life, this is great, on YouTube says, ironically, one of the reasons they said they needed a cop city was to boost their low morale due to poor public perception of police. The thick irony, indeed. Um, uh, let's see. Dr. Don says, Pelosi knows where all the bodies are buried. This is true. Um, Dr. Doom also says, Barbara Lee is 77. It's true. I still think 77 is a little old, but there we go. Um, Jay from New Jersey, do not put this in the universe, please. What are the chances Newsom appoints London Breed to find signed seat? <gasps> he will technically have kept his promise, but she's a corporate dem. I mean, no. I was hoping Maxine Waters. He's not going to... It doesn't matter because it's not going to happen because Diane Feinstein is going to stay alive for another year and a half. Um, and, and that she's going, she's refusing to retire. Um, Christo Stefan says every progressive legislation passed was only possible by the votes, votes of black women. They saved Alabama. There you go. Uh, Bama Raider 12. I'm a communist from Fresno. I'm sorry about the Fresno hate. I didn't mean to thank you. Thank you for sticking it through. Hell yeah. Uh, and then Jay from New Jersey. Hey, he became a member. What's up? Thank you so much. And thank you everybody. Thanks all the people. We have some patrons who became $10 patrons. You guys, you can be a $10 patron and you get a shout out uh, with the fart song. All right. Always classy. Thank you so much to the two people who took pity on me in my moment of need. Benjamin Martin. Uh, oh, no. Excuse me. Benjamin Martin commented who said happy birthday. Thank you, Ben. Um, but Bryant care for upping your pledge and bucks. Thank you so much. And to Gail R. Oh, with your tuxedo cat editing your pledge to 10 bucks. Thank you so much. You're so, 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 so sweet. I hope that was upping rather than lowering. I think it was upping. No. Uh, so shout out to you all. And uh, if you want to tip the show, TBR-Live on Venmo, TBR-Live on Cash App. We don't have anyone else to shout out, but let me go see what's going on on Twitch. Marshall Ghetto, thank you so much for gifting a tier one sub to Quesadilla79 and for cheering 100 bits. Wait, there's more. Five community subs. Thank you so much. Frank Morning Tree resubscribed tier one. Um, Gatling Combo subscribed for four months. Punch Up Dragon resubscribed with Prime. Song of a Blackbird cheered 100 bits. Thank you so much. Uh, Onikaizo, Onikaizoku 11 resubscribed with Prime. Happy belated birthday. Sorry about the mass COVID 19 event. Thank you. Uh, Hama the C1G resubscribed for one month of tier one. Subscribe for 11 months. Almost your B day. Uh, thank you guys so much. You're so, so sweet. Uh, we'll see you on Friday. There will be a bonus fish this week if I'm still COVID-free. Oh, my God. I don't know how I'm COVID-free. I literally smother my baby every single day with kisses. With that, take good care. Thank you to everyone who works on the show. Paige Omac, Maximilian Inhop, Andy Vasoyan. We stream Tuesdays and Fridays, 1 p.m. for 4 p.m. Eastern. Follow us on all the socials, Bituation Room on Instagram and TikTok, Bituation pod on twitter me at franny feo and remember to fight the power to fuck the patriarchy and to don't just bitch about it but be about it.